Welcome to Gapology Radio Podcast with authors Mark Tinas and Brian Brockhoff. We can be reached at gapology.org and our books can be found at amazon.com. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Gapology Radio. Before we get started today, I have some exciting news to share with everyone. We've updated our website at gapology.org. It's brand new, has a brand new look. Head on over and check it out. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback as well. Send us an email to contact at gapology.org. Let us know what you think. All right, so let's give Mark Tinas a call and see what he wants to talk about this week. Good morning. Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Brian? Oh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. We had our uh, Christmas party at work yesterday, and so I'm feeling a little rough this morning, but I'm very committed to, to doing this podcast today. What a great idea. How random is that? <laughs> you want to talk about the commitment ladder today? I do. Perfect. I do, and it's, it's early in the morning here, so I must be committed as well. So. Yeah, you are, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so Brian and I have found that the level of commitment of an individual on your team matters. So as a leader, you've got to know the level of commitment of your team. So a while back, we designed a tool, uh, and it's in Gapology, um, and it's on page 178 for any of you that are following along. We designed a tool where you as a leader can measure the commitment of your team. So we call it the commitment ladder, and I would love to share it with you. Any other thoughts before I jump in, Brian? No, I think this is one of the most powerful things in our whole book. This is, uh, has really changed a lot of lives, I think. Yeah, and it's stuff a lot of leaders aren't considering. And we developed what we believe to be the five levels of commitment. And we really look at commitment versus compliance. And you need both on your team. You need people that follow the directions, and you need those that are that are committed. So we're going to walk you through how uh, how, how to look at that. But before you before I begin on that piece, just think about the level of commitment it takes to be a marathon runner, the amount of discipline, the number of hours, the effect on diet and hydration and all of the things you you would have to do to become a marathon runner. A marathon is, what, 26 miles. So to be a marathon runner, you have to be committed. And it is a life-changing decision if someone decides to be a marathon runner. So view that in the context of what if your team, what if your entire team, what if all of them were trying to become marathon runners at work? So you can use this ladder to really achieve some success that uh, maybe you haven't tapped into. The other thing to think about is when you talk about commitment, the reason why it matters so much is that it leads to action. So those that are committed take action. And action is what drives performance. So if your team is not performing at the level that you expect or at the, at the level that is possible, it's likely that the team is not achieving a level of compliance or commitment that it needs to. Here are, I'm going to walk you through the five levels, and we're going to stop at the end of each one of them, and I'm going to let Brian comment. 
but picture again a ladder if you don't have the book open to 178 and I'm, I'm just going to go up five steps. I'm going to walk you through the five steps. So we're starting at the bottom of the ladder. When you look at commitment, the other, the other thing I want to point out is that you, you might have to look at it topic specific. So you might have someone who's committed to something but not committed to something else. At the end of the day, you own the entire behavior and performance of an individual. So you, you do sort of need to stir it all together and, and look at it from that standpoint. But if you were launching a new initiative or a change initiative specifically, it's very helpful to know the levels of commitment of the team as they go through that change initiative. And you need to work with them on that. All right. So the bottom of the ladder is non-compliant. Uh, this one's easy because it's, it's easy to see. So not following direction, not doing what is expected. Most leaders uh, deal with this one rather simply. The challenge is it stands out to the entire team. So your leadership is always being measured by how you react to and take initiative in terms of changing the non-compliant people on the team to, you know, to becoming compliant. They may need retraining. So the first thing that, that we've looked at is, hey, as a leader, you own their noncompliance. Why are they noncompliant? Do they not know how to do their job? Do they not know what to do? So again, take ownership for it. Own it. Retrain as needed. Clarify expectations. Make sure that they're very clear on what you expect. But at the end of the day, you can't tolerate noncompliance because it will bring down the level of performance of the entire team. If you allow one person not to do their job, there will be others. So noncompliance, again, fairly easy to deal with, but must be dealt with swiftly, aggressively, and again, you own it as the leader. Uh, Brian, comments on noncompliance? Yeah, I think you you really nailed it there. You know, it's easy to deal with, I think, because it is so clear when they're non-compliant. When you ask them to do something and they just don't do it, the the piece uh, that I think you really need to look at is, you know, can you recognize it? You know, what are those behaviors that are happening or not happening um, that would indicate that somebody's non-compliant? Take a step back from the things that are the most important and really look at. Um, the results. So who's performing, who's not performing, you know, those are going to be your indicators, whether or not somebody is at whatever level on this commitment ladder, but specifically this non-compliant level. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it probably does stand out in the metrics. So it's probably visible in metrics. One of the characteristics that we have seen in the best leaders, the top performing leaders, is that they, they spend a lot of their time observing behavior. Mm -hmm. And in observing behavior, you will find the non-compliance. So, all right. So now let's let's get into the tough part. So, moving up a step from non-compliant is grudgingly compliant. So, someone that does the the functions, does the job, but doesn't want to, doesn't like it, complains about it, probably complains behind your back about it, may do the expectations while you're watching, but the minute you're not watching, they stop doing it. This is the toughest level as we see it. Uh, they don't believe in the purpose of what you're doing. They're not aligned with, with what you're doing. They may lie to you. They may tell you how great the purpose is and how much they love their job and what they're doing. But at the end of the day, they're, they're not aligned and they're, they're not into it. This is a tough one. So leaders are often fooled by this. 
the rest of the team often sees the grudgingly compliant individual. And again, your leadership is on the line. You cannot tolerate grudgingly compliance because it becomes a cancer within the team. It can spread, uh, create a bad attitude, lower the engagement level of the entire team. So you need to deal with grudgingly compliant people aggressively. And you need to see it, you know, first off in order to, to do that. This one is where we've seen the most uh, stumbling and the biggest challenge. So how do you deal with grudging compliance? Someone that may say they're aligned with the purpose, but at the end of the day, they're not. And their behavior clearly shows that, that, that they are not aligned. Uh, Brian, thoughts on grudging? Yeah, and I think... The, you know, the thing I said before about looking at results, these grudgingly compliant people will never perform at the same level as people who are higher up on this ladder. So recognizing them uh, through results is, is uh, definitely a tool that you can use. I would also say that usually you'll hear someone um, you know, that's higher up on the ladder will come to you and say, hey, you know, this person, um, you know, is doing this or whatever. So, you know, really be open to, to hearing some of that. I think that those things would be uh, good indicators. But yeah, this is definitely a, a level that's hard to recognize just on the surface. Yeah, and it can be, it's really hard on the team. The other thing that we found that you can, uh, that you can use, so in the interview process, you're interviewing someone externally to come to the team. If they talk badly about their prior employer. They are likely grudgingly compliant and will be the same way uh, in your organization. So uh, anything that shows a pattern of personality conflicts or um, someone that has had a lot of jobs, one year per job or less kind of scenario is likely grudgingly compliant. So you often can find it in the interview process and you need to be on the lookout for it. All right, moving on up to the middle of the ladder is, is formally compliant. They, they want to do a good job, but they're waiting for direction. And the waiting for the direction is, is the killer part. So they're not really taking action on their own. This may be a new person. And someone new in role is often formally compliant. That's fine. So view formally compliant as a temporary level. So it would be okay for somebody maybe to be in their first 90 days formally compliant, whatever time frame fits, fits the role and the complexity. But again, it's got to be temporary because formally compliant people are unproductive. They're not taking action on their own quickly enough. They're waiting. They're checking. Maybe they're checking with you before they do anything. So it's a very timid level that, again, you have to view as temporary. So if you look at these first three steps, non-compliant, grudgingly compliant, and now formally compliant, and we've come to the middle of the ladder, if you have any of that on your team, that is why you are not producing the results you expect. So you have to deal with these three levels aggressively and figure out, again, how to move everyone up above that level. So, uh, Brian, comments on formally compliant? Yeah, this, this level is important to recognize, I think, um, because what I've seen is uh, some of these people will bounce back and forth between grudgingly compliant and formally compliant. 
depending on what's going on, uh, a lot of times at the moment, sometimes they'll be grudgingly, but then they'll, you know, things will be going well, nobody's hassling them too much, so then they start to become formally compliant. Uh, I find that this one is very volatile level, um, so it's important to recognize this. Uh, you can move them up to that next level. Yeah, I, I found that generally if they're formally compliant, they want to do a good job. They just don't know how. Right, right, for sure. So, you know, again, as a leader, you own it. Mm-hmm. You own it. How does somebody on your team, you know, n- not know how? So you, you've got to step in and own this. But the habit ladder is a great way to get someone out of formally compliant. So use that use that habit ladder. Yeah, you know, Mark, I think it's also a, a really a clear reflection of your leadership. So if you are a poor leader, you're going to have a lot of these people. They're just going to be, okay, you know what? He doesn't hassle me. I'm just going to come to work. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to go home. It's fine. I'm, you know, you're, you're going to have a, quite a few of these people, I think, on your team. Yeah, and you know, we're we're sort of seeing this more and more in the workplace too. Yeah. So now we're now we're into the top two levels, and this is where you want to be. So what I mean by that is you want everyone on your team at this next level or above, and this next level is where high productivity comes from, and we, we call it genuinely compliant. So someone that is aligned with the purpose, the behavior is in place, the behavior aligns, you know, with the purpose, they're delivering a high level of performance. So genuinely compliant people are not waiting for direction. They own it. They're getting it done. They don't really need you. You need them. They're driving it hard. And if you can have an entire workforce of genuinely compliant people, you will blow the doors off. So this is the level. So we, we really believe that your target would be to get everyone on the team up to this level. And when that happens, uh, the possibilities are absolutely unlimited. So again, as a leader, if you plotted each of your team members onto this ladder and see where they're at, anyone below genuinely compliant is someone you need to develop a plan to move them up to genuinely compliant. Uh, Brian, comments on genuine compliance? Yeah, I think it's important to honestly assess your team. You know, if you look at your team and you're like, well, you know, I think everybody's genuinely compliant. You know, I think you need to take a step back and go, are these people really at this level? It's super important to honestly assess these guys. And one of the things I would say is, you know, do they really care? You know, there's behaviors that you're going to see if somebody really cares. And I think that's one of the differentiators between genuinely and formally compliant. Well, yeah, you bring up a couple good points. So don't overrate your team. Mm Mm-hmm. Do not overrate your team. There's no advantage in that. So if you think somebody's grudgingly compliant, they probably are. So put them in the grudgingly compliant, you know, step on the ladder. And again, you own this. You own this. So if you overrate and say your team's genuinely compliant, I will tell you, Brian will tell you, that over the years to find an entire team that was genuinely compliant was a rare event. Yep. It is a rare event. It is, it is that outlier team that is in the upper 10% of performance, and uh, that that's the genuinely compliant team. If you're seeing yourself with everybody in that, in that step, you're probably kidding yourself. It's probably just not the case. So spend more time observing behaviors. Question why metrics are not where they should be, and assume that it is behavioral. And, and own it and, and come back around. All right, the final step, the top of the ladder, and we call it committed. 
I have never seen a team where everyone was at the committed level. And uh, so I, I still believe that if you get everybody to genuinely compliant, it would be hard to do better than that. But you could likely benefit by having a few people that achieve the level of, of committed. So I would describe them as those that write the, the rule book, those that can influence others and influence the entire team as it would relate to your, your purpose or what you're going for. Uh, they, can, they can teach it. So they're the teachers. Uh, they fully own the purpose. What you need to do with these team members is keep them challenged. Give them special projects. Leverage them to mentor others to come up the ladder. This is a rather rare level. They may own it more than you do in many cases, but we haven't seen where the entire team is here, and it might be somewhat disruptive if that were the case. Genuine compliance is extremely high level. That's, that's where you want. Committed is, is somewhat unusual and different and, um, and can be quite challenging to you as a leader. Bottom line for me, if you can get everyone to genuinely compliant or to committed with some of the team and committed, you will achieve results, you know, beyond uh, beyond your dreams. Uh, Brian, comments on committed? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, what you said there, um, sometimes they're really challenging, these people at, at committed level. Um, you know, they challenge the status quo. They'll do anything to win, anything to achieve the objective. Uh, and occasionally you'll see where they'll make poor decisions in order to achieve that goal. Um, we've seen that a few times. So yeah, they you know, start up, they own... They own the purpose at any cost. Yes. Yep. Which which can be which can be challenging. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So keeping them challenged, you know, giving them some of those uh, support pieces that they really need is crucial. Um, if you don't, here and here's the thing I've seen. So it, for these committed people, if you're if they're not getting what they need, what happens to them? They don't usually stay at that committed level. A lot of times, these are the people that will slide down to that grudgingly compliant level. They'll be like, well, I'm not getting what I need. I'll just come in and do my job. But then they're the ones in the break room or in the, in the hallways complaining about the boss. Um, so be very, very careful with these people. You know, make sure that you really identify them and you know, try to give them what they need to, to stay at that level, stay supported. Um, and then they'll, they'll definitely achieve the results that you're looking for. Uh, some excellent points, Brian. That's, uh, that's great stuff. I agree with, agree with what you said. We've seen many times over where a bottom performer on a team becomes the top performer when we lead differently. Mm-hmm. So, so were they really the committed person who slid to the bottom because of, of poor leadership above them and and now they rise back to the top. So, again, it, it really comes back to us as leaders to to lead to lead well. All right. So here's your here's your assignment, folks. You have got to know where every team member falls on this ladder. You've got to plot it out. Now, this is not a ladder that I would share with the team, so it's not something they're going to see. But you've got to know where they fall. Again, it may be specific to an initiative, but again, you, you need to look at it all bundled together. This ladder, when, once you've plotted your team onto this ladder, it is a reflection of your leadership. But the good news is it's a map of what you need to do. It lays out very clearly what you need to do by step. So in the book, Gapology, we lay out by step the actions you need to take as a leader. So it's all there. 
but you need to manage your team unequally. So many leaders fall into the uh, error of managing equally, broad brushed, uh, manage everybody the same. These are individuals. Each of them are on one of these five steps of the ladder. Each of these five steps requires different leadership from you. So you need to manage unequally, moving the team up to genuine compliance. So Brian, any, any words to wrap us up here? You know, the, com- the commitment ladder is really a reflection of your leadership. You know, it's not just about them. It's about you as a leader. Um, so do it often. You know, find, out, find the things that are the most important in your organization. Uh, measure those things with the commitment ladder and do it often. Excellent. Uh, Thanks, Brian. Thanks, everybody. Okay, thanks, Mark. Have a good day. All right, that'll do it for another week. As a reminder, head on over to our brand new website, gapology.org, and check it out. Everybody have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you soon. This has been a Gapology production. Visit us at gapology.org.